letters thirty three and thirty four of the history of lady barton this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. recording by linda marie nielsen vancouver b c the history of lady barton by elizabeth griffiths letters thirty three to thirty four from lady barton to miss cleveland letter thirty three southfield this letter my fanny shall go on in the narrative style at least so far as it relates to mrs walter for as her adventures are entirely detached from anything relative to us i will not mingle them with mine i lay till it was very late on the morning that the fair unfortunate had related her story yet i had neither slept nor fixed upon any scheme for delivering her from her hated prison except that of bringing her and her child to southfield which i foresaw must be attended with very hazardous consequences i therefore summoned a little council the moment i arose and after communicating the most distressful circumstances of her situation to lucy harriet and my faithful benson i desired them to give me their advice how to act on this critical association having first informed them that i was determined not to desert the cause i had undertaken by leaving this amiable woman to perish at waltersboro various as you may suppose were the plans offered and rejected it was at last agreed that we should return home as soon as possible and that mrs walter should remain where she was for three or four days after our departure that in that time benson should be employed in fitting up a chamber for her reception in the house of one of our tenants whom i formerly mentioned to you as having his house burned and who had now got a very comfortable though small habitation within a short walk of southfield that as soon as everything was prepared benson should come for her in my chaise to a particular spot at a time appointed and convey her and the little olivia to this house where she was to remain in profound secrecy till we saw what effect this innocent elopement might produce till everything in our power should have been done for the recovery of her health and till we could fix upon some more eligible plans for her future happiness as the colonel's servants gave themselves not the least trouble about the fair recluse we found it very easy to convey proper food to her unobserved and as i thought it right that she should have time to consider of our scheme i wrote to her directly and desired to have the pleasure of an interview with her in my apartment that night i gave her to understand in the politest manner i could my reasons for declining to bring her directly to southfield 
at least till i had consulted my husband and assured her in the strongest terms that while i lived neither she nor her child should ever be reduced to the misery of seeking support or protection from the inhuman colonel walter i added everything that i thought could soothe her mind and implored her to take care of her health for the sake of her lovely infant she replied almost instantly to my letter poured forth the warmest acknowledgments for my goodness again called me her guardian angel and said she was ready to be guided by me in everything and that as the strongest mark of her gratitude she would at my command endeavour to live were it only to bless and thank me the impatience of lucy and harriet to see mrs walter was extreme they looked at their watches a hundred times and would fain have persuaded themselves they did not go from the moment it grew dusk till our hour of retiring though it was yet a moot point whether they were to see her or no as i meant first to ask her permission certainly before i should present them to her when she entered my apartment her countenance seemed at once more animated and composed than it had been the preceding night the effusions of her gratitude were such as must flow from a heart like hers and were more fully expressed by the silent eloquence of tears than by the pomp of words she readily and most gracefully complied with the request i made her of giving me leave to introduce lucy and harriet to her who notwithstanding the description i had given them of the delicacy and elegance of her form were both amazed when they beheld her and could hardly consider her as of flesh and blood but rather a form of unsubstantial air or else composed of that fine ether with which we suppose angels endue themselves when they deign to become visible on earth as both mrs walter and i wanted rest we parted sooner than we had done the foregoing night after having first settled everything for the execution of our project and fixed on the day following for my quitting waltersburg benson packed up a part of hers and olivia's clothes with mine and we contrived to leave her every little necessity that could be conducive to her comfort or convenience while she remained behind us i have now the pleasure to tell you that everything succeeded to our wishes and that she and her sweet girl are safely and privately lodged at honest farmer wilson's for the present i write to her every day by benson but have not yet ventured to see her as i am not able to walk and the eclat of my carriage stopping at a farmhouse might occasion suspicion benson assures me that she already perceives a change for the better in her appearance and i begin to hope she may recover both her health and peace of mind the little olivia is quite wild with spirits 
and is trying to learn english from lucy who visits mrs walter every day and the first words she desired to be taught were meant to express her thanks to me for my kindness to her mamma though i reflect with sincere pleasure on having been able to rescue this amiable woman from a sense of her severest distress yet i cannot help feeling an anxiety for her future fate which gives me extreme pain she cannot long remain where she is undiscovered and no one can tell what step that barbarian her husband may take to distress her yet farther my apprehensions are that he will force olivia from her and the loss of her child would i am certain occasion the loss of her life but supposing that he should never discover her retreat or even inquire about her i see no asylum except a convent where her youth and beauty will not subject her to a thousand misfortunes you are sufficiently acquainted with my sentiments on the subject of monasteries to know how very unwilling i should be to recommend a state of seclusion to any creature i either love or esteem yet in her unhappy situation i see no other resource however i shall not advise precipitately not not but that i should approve extremely of an establishment of this kind in our own country under our own religion and laws both equally free from tyranny an asylum for unhappy women to retreat to not from the world but from the misfortunes or the slander of it for female orphans young widows or still more unhappy objects forsaken or ill-treated wives to betake themselves to in such distresses for in all these circumstances women who live alone have need of something more than either prudence or a fair character to guard them from rudeness or censure now some sort of foundation under the government of a respectable matronage endowed for such a purpose would certainly be an institution most devoutly to be wished for as a relief in the difficulties of these situations i have just mentioned here women might enjoy all the pleasures and advantages of living still in the world have their conduct reciprocally vouched by one another and be screened from those artful and insidious essays which young or pretty women when once become helpless and adjectives of society are generally liable to i have had a letter from sir william and for once he seems pleased with my determination of staying in the country this has made me very happy though he had commanded my attendance in dublin i would have obeyed for i will at least endeavour to deserve the character which the offended moor gives of the gentle desdemona and you say obedient very obedient and as i have already told my fanny 
that is all that i can at present promise i think it is a little century since i have heard from you i suppose you did not choose to interrupt me in my narrative but i expect and think reasonably that you should now hold forth in your turn and allow me credit for the entertainment which i am certain you must have received from mrs walter's story i have this moment got a card from miss ashford to congratulate me on my recovery and to let me know that lord lucan and she will wait on me this afternoon it is not odd fanny that i should not have heard of his being at sir arthur ashford's till now perhaps he went there directly from waltersburg if so he must certainly be attached to miss ashford but of what consequence are his engagements to me i shall not know how to behave to him uncertain as i am with regard to the unaccountable adventure at colonel walters if he is innocent of that insult he will be astonished at the coldness and distance of my manners towards him if guilty surely his own confusion will betray him and he shall never see my face again but why should he bring miss ashford with him to southfield does not this look as if he feared an explanation guilty guilty upon honour adieu my sister louisa barton letter thirty four lady barton to miss cleveland i have such a variety of subjects to treat of that i know not which to begin with but i think i ought to pay my dear fanny the compliment of attending first to her long wished for and truly welcome letter i had not a doubt but that your humanity would be both affected and interested for the unhappy mrs walter the goodness both of your head and heart is eminently conspicuous in the proper use you have made of her misfortunes to lighten and invalidate our own sufferings by comparing them with those of others is truly philosophic but that firmness of mind or rather toughness of heart which enables us to bear our own miseries with patience and composure is in general but too apt to render us callous to those tender feelings which should be excited by the woes of others let me then congratulate myself on having a sister whose stolidism is confined only to herself while her tenderness and compassion are extended to the numerous the unbounded circle of the unhappy yes my fanny your request shall be complied with mrs walter is already made happy in the hope of being known to such a generous mind as yours she has confessed to me that in her present situation she has suffered a thousand apprehensions lest my kindness to her might involve me in difficulties with sir william but that she could think of no expedient to prevent this evil 
but flying to a convent which she feared to propose as her going there must be attended with what she thought too considerable an expense i should have strongly objected to this scheme from her ill state of health though she is however amazingly recovered since her enlargement from that worse than prison where her poor mind was fettered though her limbs were free and i have great hopes from the calm state in which she now appears of her recovery she has really an extraordinary understanding allowing for her youth and inexperience and from that i trust that she will be able to conquer the tenderness she formerly felt for the most worthless of his sex she is to set out this night for cork where she is consigned to the care of an eminent merchant a particular friend of lucy leicester's who will ensure her a passage in one of the best ships that sails from thence to bristol on her arrival there she is to be put into the care of benson's niece who is married to the stationer and is commanded by her aunt to attend her up to london and lodge her safe under your kind protection one of farmer wilson's daughters goes with her to attend the little olivia the girl has lived in some credible families and is tolerably clever both mrs walter and her lovely child have made an astonishing progress in learning english they have capacities for everything when the moment arrives of bidding her adieu which it shortly must i shall be sensible of a more mixed sensation than i have ever felt before i know that i ought to rejoice at our separation for her sake but i cannot help being selfish enough to regret it for my own amazement falls infinitely short of what i felt when i read the paragraph in your letter relative to mrs colville i am shocked as well as you at the train of ideas which obtruded themselves upon me in consequence of her unnatural proposal alarmed about my brother no heaven forbid that i should ever think of him in such a light he ever disliked and he must now detest her but sir george is of a mild and gentle nature not apt to give the reins to his resentments his natural and acquired good breeding must prevent his speaking hardly of a woman who ever who even pretends to love him and the involuntary respect with which he is inspired for delia's mother must increase his restraint and silence every sarcastical reflection now for myself i know not what to think about lord lucan never was confusion equal to mine at seeing him this rendering me incapable of observing him but lucy who was present at our interview assured me there was nothing particular in his appearance except the paleness of his countenance and his surprise at my manner 
which i am sure must have been perfectly distrait why did he bring miss ashford here she doubtless remarked the alteration in my behaviour and i perhaps at this moment the object of their ridicule i never saw her look so handsome as she did that evening i suppose they will soon be married i wish it was over and that they were both gone to his seat in the north i have been extremely uneasy these three days about my little harriet she looks ill and neither eats or sleeps yet will not allow that she is sick i should certainly apprehend her being in love if she had seen any object lately that could have inspired her with that passion no my dear fanny my adventure at waltersburg was not a dream yet i sometimes think with you that lord lucan could never have been guilty of such an indecorum though i do not now agree with you that he is at all affected with any particular sentiment towards me and i sincerely rejoice in dissenting from your opinion on the subject by sending mrs walter to you i have barred my own hopes of seeing you in ireland and i alas have none of meeting you in england i cannot let this effort of generosity pass without marking it for perhaps it is the highest exertion of that virtue which i may ever have an opportunity of displaying i go now to bid adieu to your future charge she will have the happiness of seeing my fanny almost as soon as this can reach her hands an involuntary sigh has just escaped me down selfish thoughts farewell my dear sister l barton end of letters thirty three to thirty four